0: Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life changing, history making, world defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know things will never be the same. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Verses 7 through 11. 1 Kings 17, verses 7 through 11. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and said further, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. You may be seated. Uh, Last uh, Sunday, I'm uh, grateful that uh, we had a class of those who have gone through evangelist training, uh, and they received their certification on last uh, Sunday. I want to take a moment and honor them. Would you all please stand, those of you who got your certification on last week? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for them. We're grateful for you. We honor you. Appreciative. 1 Kings 17 verses 7 through 11. So sometime later, the book dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The word of the Lord came to him, go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. There's a widow who's going to supply you food. He goes, and sure enough, there's a woman outside gathering sticks, and he said to her, "Can you bring me some water?" but don't just bring me water. I want you to bring me a piece of bread. I'm going to preach for uh, the time that is assigned to me uh, using as a subject, what do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? I'm not sure where this trend originated of men asking women what do you bring to the table? However, I am certain that this was not bantered about in my grandparents' generation. If you ask a doctor what do they bring to the table, they'll tell you a dead body. If you ask a waitress, she'll tell you what you ordered. If you ask a carpenter, they'll respond, they built the table. If you ask a politician, they'll respond, a motion on the table. If you pay the lawyer their retainer fee, they'll convince you they can turn the tables. However, if you ask a black woman that question, it would behoove you to remove all shop objects off the table. And the word on the street is don't ask her if you sit in that cheesecake factory. The question alone is triggering for many. It feels like an audition for somebody who is already a star. It's like trying to interview a Fortune 500 CEO who has more experience than the interviewer on the other hand to flippantly declare that you are the table is not a responsible answer as the table is a metaphor for the relationship For you to embrace that you are the table suggests you are prepared to take all of the responsibility, to take all of the obligation, to meet all of the standard, while the other person sits there and just eats. If you are asking me to bring food to the table, I need to know, are you buying groceries? you want me to bring conversation to the table, are you equipped with depth? Don't ask me to bring transparency to the table and you are emotionally fragile. Like any Michelin five-star restaurant, before I even give you the menu, I need to be aware of your allergies. I bring to the table a lot of charisma but I'm also an introvert. I bring trauma that is half-baked because I know how to manage it. I bring accomplishments, but I do not traffic in arrogance. I bring drive, but I would prefer to be on cruise control if I can trust who's in the car with me. I got good home training, but I got ratchet tendencies. I'm well-rounded, but I don't wanna be in a love triangle. I'm complex, but in this season of my life, I want it to just be simple. I don't want a card table, an end table, a pool table, or a collapsible table. I want a dining room table, and for you to give me that, you need to be in your own house. One of my greatest regrets is the sermon that I give to you today. I regret that I was not able to give it to a brother by the name of Elijah. I caught up with him in 1 Kings chapter 17 when he boldly proclaims in verse 1, hear this, that there will be neither dew nor rain. Hear this, there will not be dew or rain for the next four years unless I say so. That's what Elijah says. Elijah says, there will not be any dew or any rain for four years unless I speak it. Can you imagine that you have so much authority in your mouth that what you declare will be over the next four years? You just missed it. You are getting ready to declare not for what you want for tomorrow but you are getting ready to give your own weather forecast from 2024 until 2028 is predicated on what you speak out of your mouth. Some of y'all don't want God to move, but there are others who are getting ready to make it rain. God, are you telling me whatever I say, is what's going to happen in my life for the next four years of my life. God said don't you know that the power of life and death is in your mouth and you sitting there with your mouth shut like you want the next four years to look like the last four years the devil is a lie. Those of you that believe the next four years of your life are going to make up for the last four years of your life. I dare you to open Open up your mouth right there and speak with authority like you want it to be so. The Lord says to him, whatever you speak over the next four years, that's what your life is going to look like. The Lord tells him, watch this, the Lord tells him he is going to drink from the brook and DoorDash is coming in the form of a raven. Y'all, y'all miss what I just said? Said you gonna drink from the brook and I am sending a raven to feed you. Here's your shout, and the raven is coming twice a day. Now the thing that you gotta understand is that ravens are not natural givers. Ravens are selfish. But God says, I am commanding people who ordinarily would have never thought to give to you. But I'm gonna make them give to you. Watch this, in order for them to survive. God says, you better brace yourself because people who couldn't even stand you are gonna have to serve you. You ain't got to chase nobody down for child support. You ain't got to beg nobody for a raise. You ain't got to keep asking, when are you going to pay me back? He says, I'm going to make sure you are fed. The amazing thing is the Lord says, I am setting it up. Only five of y'all are going to get it. The rest of you, I don't even know why you're here. He says, I am setting you up that there will be certain people whose only job is to make sure you eat that their only responsibility is to make sure you are not in lack and you don't need anything. Y'all better be careful how you treat folk because you don't know who the raven is that God has assigned to bless your life. The amazing thing, the amazing thing that the Lord says to Elijah is I am not sending the raven once a day. But I am sending the raven twice a day. Uh, The Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. I I hope that you are prepared for God to send blessings uh, not once a day, but twice a day. Uh, Because between now and the time that your head hits the pillow, another blessing is on the way. You can set your clock That twice a day. Blessings are going to hit your life and shift your family. I dare you to just elbow your neighbor and tell them twice a day. Not just on Sunday, but Monday twice a day. Wednesday twice a day. Friday twice a day. Sunday twice a day. Some of y'all didn't get it. I don't need one check. I need two checks. I don't need one car. I need two cars. I don't need one. house. I need two houses. There is a spirit of double portion that has just been released on the screamers in this building. God said you can't live off of one. Twice a day has got a Twice a day. Blessings are getting ready to come to your life. Ladies and gentlemen, abruptly, without any warning, the Bible shares with us that the brook dries up. The brook dries up, and uh, this is a global warming at its highest decibel uh, because there was no sign that it was getting ready to dry up. And the Lord says to Elijah, I don't even want you to trip because I have planted somebody who is going to take care of you while you're in your dry season. God, did you hear me prophesy to you just now? He said, there is somebody I have just put in the position who is going to make sure that while you are in this season that you are never going to be in lack. I dare to just tap the person in front of you and tell them somebody is in position. God just whispered your name to influential people. God is getting ready to wink at your application. God is getting ready to expedite your paperwork. God is going to give you favor with the supervisor, the manager, with the judge, with the CEO. He said, I planted somebody. And here is the conundrum, if you would, is that the brook dries up and Elijah is acting as if he forgot verse number one. The brook dries up and he forgot his own declaration of faith. It was Elijah that said, as long as I speak it, it's gonna keep raining. As long as I declare a thing, it shall be so. But when the brook dried up, he forgot his authority. He forgot what gift he had. He forgot the anointing and the promise that was over his life. I'm telling you, children of God, when things get tight, don't start tripping. You got to remember what God promised you. The Bible says to him, I need you to uh, now go to another place because here is uh, the dowering sour news that nobody wants to hear, is that he realizes in verse number seven that what worked for him before is no longer effective. Some of you are, uh, are lost because you keep trying to make something happen when God has turned the page. Hallelujah. When it don't work anymore, I need you to know God is working on a new plan. Hallelujah. When it stops working, it don't mean that God hadn't heard you. It just means that God is getting ready to do something different. And I feel like I'm preaching to five of y'all today that are feeling like I got to figure some stuff out because this just ain't working for me no more. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do next. Ladies and gentlemen, he says, I want you to go to a place called Zarephath and there you will find a widow. Why, Pastor? I'm sending you to a widow because I can only trust you in the hands of somebody who has experienced death. People who have never had a loss. God, help me become judgmental they lose the capacity for sympathy and empathy. But people who have gone through dark nights of the soul and didn't know how they were gonna get back up again, they got a different level of compassion. Don't you look at these saints in here shouting and think they ain't gone through nothing. It's it's some of us that didn't know whether or not the lights would be on or whether the water would run or whether we would be evicted when we got back from work. But we discovered that through it all we learn so I'm not really sure who is this miracle for is it for Elijah or is it for this widow why did God move everything in this, this man of God's life just to get him to this woman I'm telling you you've got to shift your thinking God is not going to allow you to maintain as a victim. Pop the balloons to your pity party. Unpack the luggage from your guilt trip. God says, You are not what has happened to you. I am getting ready to use broken people to fix circumstances. The enemy thought you were discounted, but you have been undervalued and underrated your whole life. God knew that he could trust you even after you went through trauma. And this woman is out in the yard collecting sticks and the man of God comes to Zarephath and he says, can I have some water? Can I have some water? That's what he asked him. He don't even say hello. He don't even ask, how you been since the funeral? He don't even ask, are the boys okay? He comes in with requests, but no courtesies. And thinks it's okay, cause he's a prophet. Yeah, uh, y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm telling y'all, don't y'all get drunk on these church titles. That you think you ain't gotta treat people kind and be nice to folk just cause you got a reserved seat and got on black and white. That don't mean you can talk to people raggedy. You still gotta ask, are you all right? Yes. Can I have some water? And I want you to see the reaction of this widow. The widow immediately goes to get the water. The prophet asked a widow, a single mother raising two sons, and he groaned. Can I have some water? And the Bible says, she spins on her heels, heads to the kitchen, and is on her way to get the water. That don't make y'all shout, and I figured out why. Because you forgot in three minutes, that there's a drought. That the brook done dried up. That nobody in the country got water but her. Uh, Y'all ain't saying nothing just because everybody else struggling don't mean that's going to be your testimony. Some of y'all ought to be giving God glory because he getting ready to let you have a secret stash. Folks don't even know how it is that I'm still eating and thriving when I should be dead broke, but my cup runneth over. Goodness and mercy. Your finances are not limited to the New York Stock Exchange. It don't matter who's in the White House. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. But I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The reason why you're hearing folks scream is because God blessed them with a car with bad credit. God helped them get into a house when they had no reliable income. They put children through school and they don't even know how they're making the payment. But my God is aid. People asks for water when the whole town is in a drought, but she got a secret stash. Her supply has not run out. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the arrogance for me is that not only does he ask for water, she's on his, her way to go get him some water, and then he got another request. Oh, can can I get the water? (laughs) He now asks, can I get some bread? And I need you to see uh, the tension that is happening here in the text is that uh, he, he asked for water in a drought and she doesn't even hesitate to go give it to him. And then he asks for bread, and she pauses. Water is the highest commodity for the nation, and she don't realize she got it. Water is the life source for the body, and she don't realize she got it when nobody else does. Y'all ain't saying nothing, stay with me. She is prepared to give her life source to a man who never even asked how she doing never even checks on her children. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But she giving her water away because she ain't had a man talk to her in a while. But God said, you better safeguard what you got because what you got does not come regularly. It is a precious commodity that everybody can have access to. says can i have some bread now remember uh, that the lord said to elijah i have positioned a woman to feed you i positioned a woman to feed you nowhere in the text does it say that the lord says i have positioned a woman to give you water He's only supposed to get bread from her. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Not to get water. But he's asking for extra. Stick a pin in it, I'm coming back to get it. I, I, I needed you to see something. I need you to see something. Is that the woman says, I don't have any bread. Watch this. All I have is flour and oil. Say with me, I don't have any bread. All I have is the ingredients. Y'all still didn't get it. I I don't have any bread. All I got is what it takes to make it. I I, I need y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing, but you sitting three seats over from a future millionaire. Everything they need to make some bread is in their possession all they got to do is stop mixing it together I dare to look at your neighbor and prophesy tell them you got all the ingredients to be an entrepreneur you got all the ingredients to be a serial homeowner you got all the ingredients to be an author you got all the ingredients it says I have all of the ingredients to make it, but I don't have enough for you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have to raise the antenna because you forgot that quickly that the Lord had already told her to make bread for him before he ever got there. Before he ever got there, the Lord positioned the woman in Zarephath to make him bread. Y'all not going to like it. I hope you enjoyed all that shouting you did today because there won't be no more after this. What the Lord told her to give was bread. And that is the area she hesitated. God never asked her to give water and that's what she gave freely. I think I lost you. Too many of you are giving what God never required and what God requires is what you pause on. I'm trying to figure out if God asks you to sow your tithe why you quick to give an offering but don't give what he asked you to give. She she has um, congenial graciousness that she thinks she's doing all right by offering him water when that's not what God told her to give. Says, I need you to prepare to give, watch this, that which is an inconvenience. Cause you got enough water, but you don't have enough flour and don't have enough oil. But you will not be impacted by the drought. Here it is. If you are obedient in your giving. Y'all, y'all getting ready to miss it. He says to so knowing certain terms: if you are obedient in what you are supposed to give, your children will never be hungry. If you are obedient in what you are supposed to give, there will never be lack in your household. I can't hear nobody. If you are obedient in what you are supposed to give, your blessings will keep coming to you and you won't have to chase after it. I just need you to be faithful over a few things. He says in no uncertain terms, um, what are you gonna bring to the table? And I need you to see how it is that this woman functions is how a whole lot of you have been functioning unaware. Is that you have been bringing love to the table for somebody who didn't recognize it when they saw it? You put compassion on the table for somebody who was mean spirited. You put understanding on the table for somebody who was narrow-minded. And the crazy thing is you keep coming back to the table. People call you crazy and think you are stupid, but they don't understand I'm a natural giver. And I just keep putting stuff on the table for people who don't even know how to hold a fork. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And God says, you don't even understand what's getting ready to shift. Is getting ready to change your life forever. Because I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. They brought that bread to the table and she didn't know what was getting ready to happen, but she said a prayer that we learned when we were knee-high to a grasshopper. And the prayer that she prayed is the prayer we getting ready to pray. I want you to lift up that hand. I said the prayer she prayed is the prayer we getting ready to pray. They are in the middle of a drought. There is no water in the brook. She has lived through a death. She's trying to keep her family together. She has been nice to strangers. And the prayer she prayed is the prayer you prayed when you were a child. That you're getting ready to pray again today. Lift up that hand and repeat after me. Lord, thank you for what we are about to receive. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. With that hand lifted, stay right there. Lord, I thank you for what I'm about to receive. No, I, I ain't telling y'all to preach it with me. Say, say, let, let me preach. Let me. Do you understand what is getting ready to come to your table? Oh my God, the biggest blessing of your life, here it is, that is going to change your entire bloodline. That your family will never know poverty again. God, I can't hear nobody. Your children will never have to second guess whether they will have enough. God says it's getting ready to come out hot but I need a shout in this room watch this open up your mouth and declare Lord thank you for what I'm about to receive I'm almost finished I'm just not through it was only nine people that responded to it because they believe they're about to receive something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Musician, let me walk home from here. I said, I want to hear the voice of those who believe this is my season I <laughs> answered prayer. I'm, ta- I'm thanking him for what I'm about to receive. Come on, you get me, get the greatest job offer of your life for what I'm about to receive. It's a critical lesson, a critical lesson, softly musicians, that I want you to hear and I'm done is that you think on its face that it is just about a miracle and don't even realize that it is about entrepreneurship. Hear this, for single parents. says, I want you to send all of your sons to the neighbors and have them borrow vessels. I want you to then shut the door so that the only persons that are in there are you and your children. And I want them to watch you pour the oil so that they will see that the oil will not run out. Thank you, Holy God. Says, because I want your children to see you at the last time you were ever without. And when they see wealth come into the household, they'll know it wasn't because you slept with somebody. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It wasn't because you compromised your values or your integrity. But there's one thing they're going to have to say about mama. She was a hard worker and she could get the job done even when nobody else would help her. Do you bring to the table? Says what you're getting ready to bring to the table is you're getting ready to raise children who are going to have your work ethic who are not gonna rest on their laurels, who are going to fight hard even with the absence of a father. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. They still are gonna be able to do well. And when people ask them, how did your family get back on their feet? They will have to say, because we had oil in the house. I wish I had new birth in here right here. There's gotta be a charged atmosphere. Listen to me, because I declare over every worshiper in this room, I don't care what they're studying, I don't care what their degree is, but God sent me on assignment to speak the spirit of entrepreneurship over your children. That your children, y'all ain't saying nothing, will have bare minimal three streams of income. That whatever it is that you struggle with, your children will never struggle at that level. And those of you that believe by faith that the generational curse of poverty has just been broken off of your house I need you to lift up your voice and give God the sound the glory come on open up your mouth open up your mouth I want to pray for you I want to pray for you I want to pray for you I want you to lift that hand and allow your pastor to pray over you. I pray that the Lord, for every lifted hand, both of you online, lift your hand. I pray that the Lord will position you this week to be a blessing to somebody who's falling apart. I pray that the Lord will give you what is necessary for your children to see you differently this week and finally have a value for your work and for your sacrifice. I pray over every person with lifted hands that God this week over the next seven days will send somebody into your life who wants nothing but to see you do well and to see you succeed those of you who are in this room I make this declaration in the close of this prayer I speak over every lifted hand as I close this prayer I speak over every lifted hand as I close this prayer I speak over every lifted hand as I close this prayer I speak to every worshipper that beginning at 12 noon the drought is over I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.